This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Cheeseheads. Cheeseheads. Get on your feet. It's Curd and Law. Hosted by Sparky Fighter and Ryan Horvath. Hey, it's C. Sparky, Pfeiffer, Kurt, and Long, baby. How are you doing as we head into a beautiful weekend? No Ryan Horvath today. He's still uh, on vacation this week. He'll be back uh, next week. Of course, Ryan Horvath, host of BetMGM tonight, weeknights on the BetQL radio network. Him, Trista Crick, and Nick Ashu uh, take you through the games uh, at night, give you the wagers to make, and all that fun stuff uh, as well. Uh, some things to get into, including, and we'll start with, uh, this news on Delvin Cook. Uh, that came out uh, on Thursday uh, as far as the Vikings deciding to move on from Delvin Cook. So this is how this works. The Vikings uh, would owe Cook $2 million if if they end up releasing him. As we're recording this, uh, they have not announced that they're going to be able to trade him. As of right now, they're just releasing him. By doing so after June 1st, the Vikings would save $9 million in cap space while taking on $5.1 million in dead cap money on their 2023 cap. So... This this is the thing. He he was set to make uh, up to fourteen point one million uh, in cap space for twenty twenty three, and was due to earn eleven million if he spent the season uh, with the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, he is going to be twenty eight in August. So this dude isn't even thirty yet, right? And that's normally when you get to the other side of your career as a running back. It, it's it's thirty years old. Now what we're starting to see is running backs uh, being let go even. Excuse me, before you even get to 30 years old. I mean, think about some of the guys that are out there. Ezekiel Elliott uh, is out there. Uh, and I'm not sure of the ages, but again, Ezekiel Elliott, I don't think he's been around that long. Ezekiel Elliott is out there. Leonard Fournette's been around a while, uh, but he had uh, a, a quick howdy-do uh, early in his career. Got a little bit revitalized, I guess, there for a year in Tampa Bay. But outside of that, hasn't been the same dude since he came out of LSU. And he was, I think uh, a lot of people thought, uh, was a can't-miss guy. But he's out there in free agency, too. And now, if nobody trades for Delvin Cook, which I'm guessing probably won't happen, but again, as we're recording this uh, on Thursday afternoon, uh, he has not been traded as of yet. The plan is to release him as of right now. We literally just talked about this situation, about Delvin Cook possibly moving out from the Minnesota Vikings. When we talked with Ian Harditz from Matthew Berry's Fantasy Life, uh, on the Curtin Long podcast from Wednesday that we recorded. Uh, and as far as what this means going forward now for the Minnesota Vikings, and this is some of what Ian Harditz had to say. Uh, your thoughts on Delvin Cook and possibly moving on. 
Yeah, I just uh, actually podcasted with uh, Matthew Collar earlier this morning. He's oh, uh, does great stuff. Over, uh, yeah, Purple Insider, you know. So whatever he says, I usually take as gospel. Yeah. And he is expecting Cook to be on his way out. And again, we have seen this now for weeks. My confusion with it was again looking at the salary caps. Cap, salary cap. Excuse me. The Vikings are twenty fourth right now. So yeah, they don't have a ton of spending, but they don't. It's not like they can't sign their rookie class unless they cut Dalvin Cook. That was kind of how it was being made out to me. So the bigger thing seems like they want. Want to release him so they can roll over some money and have extra room for the Neil Hunter and Justin Jefferson extensions, which, you know, okay. But if that's the case, I'm just confused why they didn't use a little bit more money throughout this offseason or at least draft capital to go try to get someone to replace him because they gave Alexander Madison, who's been a perfectly fine backup throughout his career, fantastic hurdler. They gave him, you know, five, six million in guaranteed money. Then they used a seventh round pick on Dwayne McBride. And now it's like Madison. Kane Nwanu, who's a great kick returner. We got a uh, Ty Chandler doing his thing there as well. And then McBride, but like that's easily a bottom five running back room in the NFL. Yeah. If you are going to have a bottom five position group, it probably should be running back, you know, in today's salary cap league and all that. But I just look at the Vikings as a team that should at least be trying to win now. They just went 13 and four. And we can talk about it. That was a little bit fluky based on the one score record and things like that. But Kirk Cousins, like, I don't know, man. This just seems like a move that's definitely not helping you in 2023. And I figured they would have had all their eggs in that basket. So, and this is the last year yeah. of his deal. So you're just putting even more pressure on this dude to have to go win without a running back if that happens. If I'm Cousins, I'm hot because I got to go make me some money after this year. And you're making my job even more difficult. Yeah, and look, I understand Dalvin Cook probably isn't the same player he was. He's not the same player as he was when he was 24, 25, but like you're still better off with him when, again, I just listed the other options in this backfield. So I don't quite get that whole uh, situation because, you know, when you look at another veteran running back in Joe Mixon and Cincy, where it was a similar thing, like they could get out of this deal with a post-June 1st cut or a trade. uh, And you look at what Cincy did the whole offseason, and they didn't really replace him. So now it's looking like, okay, it's probably going to be Mixon's role because they didn't add any meaningful resources to that room in order to replace them kind of the same thing in minnesota but they're apparently still going to be getting rid of them so i'd love to see them end up in miami i know that's been the constant you know just link and i think for good reason you know adding him to that offense instant bell cow roll in a place where i think he could be flirting with that 300 touch count past that though it gets tough because again there are teams like the rams out there and um there's another one broncos make a little bit of sense but there are a few teams out there that i think you can envision getting the workhorse role but they're kind of in a similar situation as the vikings where they don't have all that much money to throw around at a running back like Dalvin Cook. So if not the Dolphins, I guess we could hope for, you know, kind of a goal line committee role with a team like the Cowboys, the Chargers. And yeah, I think he could probably put up RB three numbers with that. But yeah, not looking good for Cook. And I'd also, you know, refrain from spending too highly on Madison uh, if he does end up getting the starting role. The craziest part about this whole thing is listening to Tom Pelissero, uh, who was on the Rich Eisen show, Uh, talk about kind of what Minnesota is thinking because, again, Daniel Hunter, uh, the pass rusher for the Vikings, also apparently uh, is on the trade market uh, and may be shipped out uh, to save money there. And you hear Palacero from the NFL Network talk about it, and it's essentially them, the Vikings, trying to free up money to give extensions to a Justin Jefferson, to a TJ Hawkinson possibly, uh, and to have money available to pay a quarterback going forward. Now, remember, Kirk Cousins... Uh, is a guy in the last year of his deal. They don't have an extension worked out for him, so as of right now, he is uh, a lame duck quarterback. If the Minnesota Vikings decide uh, that they want to pay Kirk Cousins to 
continue to be the quarterback going forward, that obviously is not going to be a cheap day. If they decide that they're going to move on from Kirk Cousins uh, and enter into the free agency world of quarterbacks, whoever they get probably won't be cheap uh, either at this point. Now, the other option would be uh, to go ahead and draft a quarterback in the draft. But even moving on from Dalvin Cook, even moving on from Daniel Hunter, doesn't put you in a position to be as bad as, say, oh, I don't know, the Houston Texans or the Arizona Cardinals. Because you're in a division, that's really not all that good, to be honest with you. The Lions, okay, we'll see if the Lions can repeat what they did last year. Maybe they win 10 games uh, this year, and that would be good for the Detroit Lions. Maybe they get 11. Who knows? Uh, The Green Bay Packers, as we've talked about, I think it's somewhere between 7 and 9 wins uh, would be my guess as far as where the Packers end up. Uh, The Chicago Bears are probably somewhere, I don't know, Six to eight wins. Maybe there's seven to nine wins like the Packers, somewhere in that area. And then the Minnesota Vikings are after that. So maybe the Vikings do take a step back and they fall back to, you know, six wins or five wins. But five wins and six wins is simply not going to be good enough or bad enough, I guess you should say, in order to have them be up there to go get a Caleb Williams or take the quarterback from North Carolina. They're going to have to be significantly worse, probably two or three wins to have a shot to do that with. Uh, at the top of that draft. Because right now the Cardinals have their pick and they have the Texans pick. So they're in real good shape right now to kind of end up with maybe Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr. before this whole thing uh, is said and done. Okay, so let's talk about uh, a a couple of other things here, shall we? Uh, Let's talk about what this now means uh, kind of going forward for Aaron Jones of the Green Bay Packers. Because... Aaron Jones of the Green Bay Packers uh, was a running back with a relatively uh, decent-sized contract that he had signed a couple of years ago. I, for one, didn't think Aaron Jones was going to be here at this point. I thought Aaron Jones uh, would have been down the road playing somewhere else because of how the contract looked based on what it meant to the salary cap and so forth. I thought he'd be gone. Okay. Well, he's not gone uh, because uh, he took a pay cut, essentially, uh, to stay with the Green Bay Packers uh, kind of going forward at this point. Uh, and with that, the cap hit was only $5.9 million uh, this last year in 2022. In 2023, uh, his cap hit is going to be $8.1 million, uh, which, again, is still easily done. Now, in 2024, that would mean after this next year, His age 30 season, which we all know and we've all talked about is a big deal, that cap number is going to be $17.7 million according to Track, And then he's got those goofy voidable years that they like to put on everything uh, after that. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
on your happy price, price line. I, I really think that this is probably Aaron Jones, probably last uh, go around, uh, more than likely with the Green Bay Packers. I think Aaron Jones wants to stay here. I think that is uh, definitely clear by the fact that he took the pay cut to stay here uh, the way he did. But it's got to be a kind of a, a little bit of a scary world at this point for Aaron Jones looking out to the NFL landscape and looking at the quality of running backs that are out there. I mean, Delvin Cook is 27 as we record this. Like I said, 28 in August, man. And Aaron Jones is going to be going into his age 30 season after this upcoming season, which means pickings are going to be slim probably for where he ends up. And that's the pickings are slim with the fact that he's healthy. God forbid if he gets dinged up or hurt or something, he's probably going to have even less opportunities available for him uh, come free agency. And then we start talking about the amount of money that you're going to be willing to play for or so forth uh, moving forward. So we'll see uh, what this means for Aaron Jones. To me, uh, it's clear as day that I I can't imagine he is here past this year, that it is probably time uh, for him to move on. And then the Packers to go in a direction of either drafting a running back, signing a running back, whatever the case uh, may be moving forward. Uh, At this point, I would guess they're probably going to draft a running back maybe uh, next year, if that is the case. A.J. Dillon, the other Packers running back, uh, he sits right now with really no money per se, uh, $1.68 million uh, cap hit. He goes into age 25 season here in 2023. And then in 2024, he becomes an unrestricted free agent. So he also could be gone after this year if the Packers choose not to bring A.J. Dillon back. So you can go from having the area of strength with your veteran leadership in that backfield with Dillon and Aaron Jones to potentially more inexperience uh, and more questions going into the 2024 season if you have a couple of rookie running backs uh, in that backfield uh, leading the way behind Jordan Love and... Again, we're talking about then Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs going into year three. These other rookie wide receivers that you have right now, providing they're on the roster, which I think they have to be, uh, they'll be going into their second year at that point. These two tight ends will be going into their second year. And this team just continues to stay young and be young uh, at this point uh, with Jordan Love at quarterback. I saw an interesting thing from Matt Schneidman of The Athletic. He did a uh, mailbag Q&A. Uh, and they were just, somebody asked him in the Q&A, like, as far as roster decisions go, you know, is there anything that Packer fans might be shocked by or surprised by uh, at this point? One of the things he pointed out, he pointed out two things. I'm not going to give you the other thing. But one of the things he pointed out was Josh Myers not being the starting center this year uh, for the Packers. That that wouldn't necessarily shock him if he didn't end up with that job. Now, remember that Matt LaFleur has stated already Uh, as have other coaches, that they're trying a bunch of different dudes at that center position, which I said with Ryan Horvath a while back on this Curtin Long podcast, which, by the way, downloaded on your Odyssey app or wherever you download your favorite podcast. From time to time, I'll throw some videos up on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page uh, as well. But what I have said uh, is that that is not a good sign for Josh Myers if they're rolling guys like Zach Tom in there to compete at the center position. Because that means... What you know, Mike McCarthy said forever and what Matt LaFleur has said, which is we're going to play our five best five guys. And if that means Josh Myers uh, is not going to be the starting center and Zach Tom is because they think Zach Tom is a better offensive lineman than him, then that's what they're going to do moving forward. 
And the other thing to consider with this is because it's Jordan Love in his first you know, year as a full-time starter, it's not going to really probably matter all that much who the starting center is because whoever the starting center is going to be is going to have to form that chemistry and get that rhythm down uh, with Jordan Love moving forward. So if you're going to make that move to make it going into a situation where it's a new quarterback under center, and not Aaron Rodgers, but Jordan Love, this would be the year to make that move. At the same point, however, if you decide that he's not the starting center, Josh Meyer, you are conceding a very high draft pick not working out by the end of his rookie contract. You're conceding the fact that, yeah, yes, that was a mistake. You can argue he played better his rookie year uh, than he did last year. What a great year for Josh Myers last year. Zach Tom came in his rookie year, played, played fairly good. And they moved him all over the offensive line. So that that's something else to kind of look at because again, that's a guy going into his second year who's going to be your starting center at this point. All the age on this offense is sitting out at left tackle in David Bakhtiari. That also was a question about, you know, possibly trading David Bakhtiari uh, to Matt Schneidman. And again, go read that uh, mailbag piece in The Athletic if you want to see Matt Schneidman's uh, reaction to that question. But this offense uh, is is going to be something to look at, uh, and it's going to be a constant changing type of deal. I think here what you're going to see this year and then what you're going to see in 2024 aren't going to probably be the two same things because he's going to kind of spoon feed these guys this year. And then he's going to expect them to sit at the grown-up stable in 2024. I don't know if Matt LaFleur is expecting it this year, but I think he's definitely going to be expecting it in 2024, which would technically be Jordan Love's last year if they don't you know, give him a new deal coming up next offseason based on how Jordan Love uh, looks this year. So that is something to keep an eye on moving forward as well. All right, uh, I want to bring up something else because I, I, I found this very interesting. Uh, and semi-entertaining. ESPN always has, you know, all of these made-up things that they do because they got to provide content, right? So you, you make up different scenarios and different things to write stories about and so forth. So Seth Walder, uh, their analytics guy over there at ESPN, uh, put together a story, uh, ranking NFL roster core, stacking all 32 teams' top five players. Now remember, he uh, is the one that determines who the core five players are as he defined it a core was defined as the five most important players to a team the guys each roster is built around the ranking is for 2023 but there was a consideration of agent deciding which players made each team's core for some teams there were too many good candidates to choose from while even getting to five was tough for other teams so the number one team uh, in this ranking are the Kansas City Chiefs average core age 28.6 the number two team are the Cincinnati Bengals, average core age of 25.6. The number three team, and by far and away the favorite to win the NFC, the Philadelphia Eagles at 28.8. Okay, so their average core age and the Kansas City Chiefs average core age, we're talking about 28 years old, almost 29 years old in both cases. The Buffalo Bills are fifth, they're 29.4. So you kind of get the idea of these older teams tend to be the ones uh, that are flourishing. The Niners are 10th. Their average age core is 28.4. Now, there are some younger teams, obviously, uh, on this list as well. Now, again, it's the average age core is based on the five players' ages. 
divided up uh, that Walder put in there. For the Packers, his roster core is Jordan Love. Fine. Chair Alexander. Okay. David Bakhtiari. So far, so good. Rashawn Gary. Yep, I'm with you. And Christian Watson uh, is the other one. Not Kenny Clark, which I kind of found interesting that it wasn't Kenny Clark. But they went with Christian Watson instead. Now, he writes here, can Bakhtiari stay healthy? Will Watson build on the strong second half of his rookie campaign? Can Love show why the Packers were ready to move on from Aaron Rodgers? As Walder writes, if you answer yes to all three, there would be no rebuild in Green Bay. But none of those are guarantees. And I would agree that none of those are guarantees. Average age of that core is 26 years old. Now, if we go with the theory and the idea that Bakhtiari is probably gone after this year and replace him with whoever you would like, Elton Jenkins maybe slides into there. He's one of those guys, maybe Romeo Dobbs has a big year this year. Maybe Romeo Dobbs slides in. That average age is going to drop dramatically. Now, the youngest average age core of the top five players determined uh, by, again, Seth Walder of ESPN's analytics. The youngest core I could find uh, in this one are the Houston Texans. And they have C.J. Stroud, the rookie quarterback, Laramie Tunzel, old dude, Will Anderson Jr., first-round pick, him and C.J. Stroud, Derek Stingley, a former first-round pick, and Damian Pierce, the running back, average age core of 23.4. The next one after them are the Falcons, who are 31st at 24.8. And again, in this case, a young quarterback in Desmond Ritter, young wide receiver in Drake London, a relatively young tight end in Kyle Pitts, young guard in Chris Lindstrom, uh, and then the old guy, Grady Jarrett, uh, in there. So when you look at age and how that factors in, no, maybe it is unfair to say, well, just because you're young doesn't mean you can't win. The Bengals average age is 25 to 26. They figured it out. Yeah, that that is true. And they are elite type players. Let me go back up to the Bengals here and tell you what they have for their core. The Bengals for their core, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Trey Hendrickson, and Orlando Brown Jr., That is a very uh, well-deserving top five. Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, all very, very young. Very young. And all guys on their rookie deals that are all going to get paid a ton of money. And more than likely, they are not going to be able to afford to pay T. Higgins. And T. Higgins is going to have to move on. And it's going to be Chase and Burrow there. And then that's going to start to impact the rest of the roster and what they can and can't do, which is similar to what the Packers have been having to deal with with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback or the Kansas City Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes at quarterback of what they can and can't do kind of going forward at this point. I am so excited for these preseason games to get going for the Green Bay Packers to get a truly good look at just how far along Jordan Love looks. Now, these OTAs, as has been pointed out, the media only get to go see a couple of them. The rest of them are all closed off. Then you get fed handpicked video from the Packers social media team of what you are going to see and not see uh, on social media at this point. So you're not seeing everything uh, that is going on day to day. Now, once you get to training camp, you're going to get a much, much better idea because the media is allowed to see much, much more. When you start getting to the two joint practices they have with two different teams, then you're really going to start to see a little bit more of what. Uh, this is going to look like. In years past, we've always heard that 
I think from Aaron Rodgers and other veteran players, that they get more out of joint practices than they do out of the preseason games that they play in. Rodgers, I, I think, has said it before where give me the joint practices and just forget playing the games. Well, that's not going to happen because there's too much money invested in these fans going to games and TV revenue money uh, and ticket sales and parking for a lot of these teams and everything else that goes along with it. So preseason games aren't going anywhere. But Matt LaFleur has pointed out that Jordan Love is expected to play quite a bit in preseason. So he's going to get the luxury of not only being in the joint practices where, based on all accounts, it's full go between two teams. You're seeing fights and everything else happening in these joint practices across the league when they happen in the middle of summer and it's super hot outside. I am actually headed to St. Louis next week for a baseball tournament. Uh, and I was looking at the temperatures in St. Louis next week. We're talking around 90 degrees every single day we're there with real fields of like 95, 96. You want to talk about hot. That's hot. Now imagine putting on a full set of pads, a helmet, and go running around for a couple hours uh, in that. Uh, that that can get to be probably irritating and so forth. And the littlest things probably set you off. That what leads to some of the stuff that happens. But it's a great learning experience, I think, for everyone involved. I am really intrigued to see... When he says, you know, Jordan Love's going to play a fair amount, how much is a fair amount, right? And we've got talked about this before on, on Curtin Long. I, I would think through the first two preseason games, bare minimum, he plays at least a half of football. Uh, and then you let your other two quarterbacks play the third quarter or the fourth quarter, and that's how it looks. And then based on how he looks and feels after the first two preseason games, kind of lets you determine what you want to do in preseason game number three. If through two preseason games and all these joint practices, and by the time we get to that game, you as a coach and Matt LaFleur are looking at Jordan Love going, yeah, he, he's better than I thought he was going to be at this point. He he looks pretty good. Looks like he's got it. We got to get to the regular season now, but he, he pretty much has it. Then maybe you only play him a quarter in the third game, right? And then you let the, those other two guys play the rest of the play it the rest of the way out. Based on the new rule change in the NFL, all three of these guys are on the roster because now you're allowed to carry three quarterbacks. So you would assume all three make the roster. Having said that, um, when you look at Jordan Love and if he's thrown interceptions in, in preseason game one, he's throwing interceptions in joint practices, and he's throwing interceptions in we, in game two, and he looks a mess, then he may play the whole three quarters of what game three is at that point because then clearly he still needs to work to get done. And he still has to continue to work to try and improve. I loved reading the article. What's it by? Tom Silverstein, I think, in the Milwaukee Journal Sunday. Uh, and Spoon had in there that Jordan Love has said to his receivers, tight ends, running backs, whoever, hey, you are more than free to come work out with me You know, after these last set of uh, OTAs are done in the middle of June. Uh, next week. Once these are done, between now and training camp, you are more than welcome to come hang out with me. I think he's out in California, uh, similar to uh, Aaron Rodgers. You can more than welcome come hang out with me and work out with me. I'll let you know where I am and what I'm doing and so forth. But it's not you need to come work out with me. It's if you want to, come on. I'll be there. Let's hang out and do this thing together. If I was Matt LaFleur, okay? And I don't know if the players union would have a problem with this or not. Uh, and this is where, you know, you miss the, the likes of Gary Ellison and Leroy Butler to kind of rein me in and help me out here. But I think if I'm at LaFleur, 
I'm having conversations uh, with both tight ends. I'm having conversations with all the wide receivers. And I'm heavily suggesting that they go work out with Jordan Love between now and then. Romeo Dobbs, as pointed out in the story, has been working out with Jordan Love. And then the last OTA that the media was allowed to this week, who was the story? Romeo Dobbs. Not only because him and Jordan Love are on the same page, but because whoever Jordan Love is working out with, uh, Romeo Dobbs is getting better. The, the cutting of the routes and running of the routes and the comparisons to Adams as far as how he runs his routes and how maybe he's going to be that safety blanket guy for Jordan Love, that he's always going to be in the right spot. That's all good stuff. And if I'm Matt LaFleur and I know that that's what this has come out of, those two working out together, yes, I'm going to heavily suggest to my two rookie tight ends to get your butts out there and go work out with Jordan Love. Yes, I'm going to heavily suggest to my wide receivers to get your butts out there and go work out. Then the other thing I would try and think of at this point is, okay, what alumni do I have that live out in that area? Do I have any tight end alumni that live out in that area that might be willing to kind of stop over and kind of help these two young tight ends out, whether it be looking at film, talking about technique or concepts or whatever else? I would fish around and see if I can find me a tight end that can work out those guys. They, they are also going to need some extra work, some extra help uh, here in the offseason. Can't be your coaches necessarily, but it can be, you know, a Paul Kaufman or a J. Mike or somebody like that. Now, I don't know if J. Mike would be willing to do it or not. He's down in the Texas area, but I mean that that, that would be something else I kind of fish around and try and find. These guys need so many reps that it's impossible, impossible to have too many reps at this point if you're the tight end or the wide receiver in this offense. It's simply impossible. And it's impossible to have too many reps if you're Jordan Love at this point with these guys. Every single rep they get is another rep closer to them being average. I'm not even going to say good. To being average at what they're trying to do. Now, we'll see how much work they're willing to put in. This is not the Aaron Rodgers show. This is the Jordan Love show. He is going above and beyond trying to make sure that everybody understands If you want to work to get better, you want to work with me to get better, you know where to find me. All you can ask. You can't ask anymore. Didn't get that with 12, but I'm enjoying it with Jordan Love. And we'll see, I'm sure, how many of these guys show up to go work out with them. If I was a receiver or a running back, not a running back, a wide receiver or a tight end, absolutely. I'm going to come live with you, dude. Or I'm going to rent an Airbnb or whatever the case may be uh, out there for a month, and you and I are going to work out together every day, and we're going to be best friends by the time we get to the field. Because it makes everything easier if you have that type of chemistry. Legendary stories of Aaron Rodgers and Jordy Nelson rooming together, riding to games together. And then you get in games, and the chemistry is so good, that you can't stop it. Those back shoulder throws and stuff like that, and just a look from Rodgers without anybody else in the offense knowing that Jordy Nelson's going to change her route, and then does, and boom, it's open. He gets what he needs for the first down and he moved the chains. Or boom, he hits a big play. That's the type of relationship and chemistry you want between love and your wide receivers and your running backs. And you hope that you can get there 
as a unit kind of, you know, moving forward as you go here. Now, whether or not they'll be able to do that, uh, don't know. But I'm super excited to see if we can get there uh, at some point uh, going forward with this Green Bay Packers team. The other thing, too, is the better they do, the more relaxed Matt LaFleur is going to get. Because I think, and I don't know if the Packer beat writers would agree with me or not, but I think Matt LaFleur is really tight. Really tight. Because I think, Peter Bukowski pointed out from Lockdown Packers that really the pressure is on Matt LaFleur here because he was hired to coach the guy after Aaron Rodgers, which I 1,000% agree with. But I don't think he anticipated having an offense with no wide receivers that are veterans and no tight ends that are veterans when he decided to take this job when Mark Murphy offered it to him. I don't think this is how he envisioned this playing out. He probably envisioned having Jordan Love with veteran wide receivers and a veteran tight end and him being the most inexperienced one and then kind of helping him along as they go. Not the way that it's currently set up. And that, of course, can be pointed back to Brian Gutekunst for doing it the way he's done it. Which, there's nothing Matt LaFleur can do about it because he's the GM, you're the coach, and you got to kind of coach up with what you have. The better Jordan Love plays early on, the better this wide receiving group plays, the better this tight end group plays, the more pressure that will be taken off the shoulders of Matt LaFleur, the more relaxed he'll get, and the better he'll get. I'll tell you my one main concern. Well, I have more than one, but my, my main concern in all of this is if Jordan Love throws a pick early in week one or fumbles the ball or does something, that Matt LaFleur goes, gets gun shy and we get to, to hell with it. We're going to run the football the next two or three possessions before I let him make another pass. You can't just can't have that. You just can't. If he makes a mistake, fine. Give him the ball and call passing play as soon as he gets the ball back and give him a completion and get back into calling the offense. I get concerned because there's some pressure there that that might not happen, that he may get super conservative to try and protect Jordan Love's confidence from being blown up. When in reality, dude, he's been here three years. You you got to let him go fly. He's going to crash sometimes. He's going to hit a tree. going to run into a house. You know, whatever. But you got to pick him up, dust him off, and go, here we go. We're going to do it again. That's just kind of what, what has to happen. It's kind of like if you're in youth baseball, you know, and you're hitting grounders and, and telling the kid to throw it to a base, and he doesn't make a good throw. Do it again, Johnny. Hit it again. Oh, another bad throw. Come on. You can do it. Here we go again, Johnny. Boom, hit another one. And then he makes another third throw. The last thing that kid remembers is making the throw, right? He completed the task. That is what you're pretty much looking for Jordan Love to do at this point. Complete the task that's asked. Don't give up on the kid in a game. That is my biggest concern, that they're going to give up on him and it's going to be handoff, 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 reverse, handoff, 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 handoff. Oh, let's try a pass again a quarter later or something. We just can't have that. It cannot be. Uh, this will do it for another edition of Kurt and Long. Thanks for tuning in. Appreciate it. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Always need uh, more people to check out the podcast as well. Download it on your Odyssey app or wherever you download your favorite podcast. And, of course, from time to time, throw up some videos up on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page as well. Uh, of course, we record these Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, and they're always posted by 5 p.m. Central Time on each one of those three days of the week. Enjoy the rest of your day. Have a good one. Toodles!